0: Are you an Aussie tradie and your paperwork is shady? Do the dockers farm side, keep you up late at night? Are you sick of pushing papers, swinging your tools the more you gave up? Call us the Tricks of Your Trade! Welcome to the Tricks of Your Trade podcast, where we talk about trade business topics to help you get through business life unscathed. Does the bill to pay you late? And your cash flow fluctuates? Do you dread the office work? Can't afford a full-time clerk? Consider working smarter, don't be a business smarter. Call us the Tricks of Your Trade! Hello, welcome to the Tricks of Your Trade podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Serson, construction adjudicator, lawyer and director of Tricks of Your Trade. Today on this podcast, I need to talk to you all about negative variations because there is this crazy thing happening in the industry at the moment. And I think it has a little bit to do with builders who are stuck under fixed price contracts trying to find ways to mitigate their losses. So what we're seeing a lot of happening is for trades that are replaceable trades, uh, so either labour-only trades or where the supply component is relatively low risk from a warranty perspective, um, we're seeing builders give big negative variations to subcontractors to either pick up program, so they'll delete a floor or a building or something like that to bring in a separate team so they can pick up in the program, or we're seeing them effectively take a big negative variation out of the subcontractor's contract so that they can get somebody cheaper, finish that portion of the work. So you can understand why builders are doing this, right? They're stuck under a fixed price contract. They're trying to mitigate against their loss. Where it goes bad is where the subcontractor has to give back margin for the credit, and you guys have not factored that in. So let me give you an example. Um, If you are a labour-only tiler, and you are doing wet areas and then you're doing main floor areas and wet areas are typically more complicated and require a bit more labour and the main floor area might be your bread and butter where you just get a clean run and you can lay tiles for miles, right? The issue is if you have in your pricing for the project put in a standardised rate for floor tiles and a standardised rate for wall tiles regardless of where those tiles are laid, uh, then you could find yourself in a situation where you are giving back um, the bread and butter work if it's deleted. So from a pricing perspective, you need to have every component of your work as a standalone profitable item. Another example would be a blocky. So if you're a bricklayer or a blocklayer or a masonry contractor. Uh, and you had party walls in the scope and the builder replaces them with an AFS wall panel system or something like that and all you've got left is face brick around the perimeter of the property or in the external um, part of the build that is piecework that you have to leave and come back for, leave and come back for because it's not in the sequence of the programming. If your party walls were your bread and butter, and all of those are deleted, would your, would your brickwork still stand, alone, um, stand on its own two feet as a profitable project? So would you have taken on the project if it was just that work? Nine times out of ten, the answer is no. So you need to be aware that builders can direct negative variations to your contract. What I very rarely see subcontractors do is go and have a look in their contract before they sign it to work out how much margin they have to give back. So this can be a huge problem because we always like to negotiate as much margin as possible on variations when we do our contract reviews. And there is method to the madness. Yes, we need to make margin on those variations. You could be stuck under contract for a whole extra year just doing variation work. So you need to have juicy margin in your variations, but you also need to understand how the contract works if you have to give back a credit. Normally, The way it works is that you would have to give back a percentage of margin, i.e. profit, but not overheads or on-site attendance or on-and-off-site overheads or attendance. But each and every builder's contract will operate a little bit differently. So um, this is something that is super important for you to be able to work through. Now, it's really difficult on a podcast for me to show you what I'm talking about, but when you go through your contract... Every contract will have a clause that talks about variations and there should be one that talks about pricing. And if there is a clause in there that talks about a negative variation, it will usually say how a credit is to be valued with regard to profit. And then it might point back to a line item in the schedule or the part A that says what amount of percentage you would have to give back uh, if there was a credit to the job. So bear that in mind in terms of when you're doing your contract reviews. Now, the other thing to mention there is that you need to understand if your margin includes on and offsite overheads, attendance and preliminaries. So the clause in the contract will typically say all the things that your margin has to include and the little schedule will usually just say profit and attendance or profit and off overheads or something like that. So you need to make sure that you don't assume that it's just naturally profit, like just raw profit, and that you have worked back through the contract to make sure you know what your profit margin has to include. Now, a lot of builders will say uh, it's industry standard for profit to be 10%. Now, that might have been true back when fuel was less than 50 cents a litre and CPI back when the Australian Standard Contracts were written, um, maybe fuel was 10 cents a litre 25, 30 years ago. I don't know. I can't remember. I wasn't driving back then. But that gives you an indication of how long ago it was that some of those contracts were written and they haven't been updated in their standard form or materially changed to deal with those things like CPI and what's been happening with um, the proportion of margin that would need to apply to a viable business. So... When you are looking at your contract and you have to convince the contracts administrator that you shouldn't just be paid 10% or 5% margin, they will say to you, well, we can't even get 5% margin and we're the builder. But what you need to say to them is you get margin on my variations. So what you give me for margin you should get from a compounding perspective under the head contract, if it's a head contract variation." Uh, The other thing you want to explain to the builder is that you have an entirely different risk profile with your business. So a lot of builders in Australia build via project management means. So they don't have all of your staff on their payroll. That would be an ordinary, if the builder had a risk profile like your business, they would need to employ tradespeople on the payroll. The only real tradespeople builders usually hire are apprentices and site managers. Sometimes you will see builders hire form workers or scaffolders if they want to have trade components that they they handle in house. It's not very common because a lot of builders moved away from that because of personal injury liability. So builders typically use the project management style of building. That means that they don't have staff like what you've got. The builder's entire company might only have managerial staff, project management commercial management, accounts people, and the site managers. And you, on the other hand, have got probably 30 to 40 workers who you're sending to job sites on the tools who are applying to the construction on-site award. So you have got allowances that you have to give them, you've got to pay redundancies if they leave, all of those things. So the risk profile for your business is exponentially different. Your business is also affected if the job turns from a non-union job to a union job, and then you suddenly have to pay all those workers extra entitlements. So communicating that to the builder is so important that, hey, this overheads or off-site overheads or attendance component that it's talking about here in this contract is not nothing. It's actually pretty close to 26% for most trade businesses. So, um, and when I say 26%, I'm talking very generally in terms of When we talk to accountants about typical subcontractors' businesses where they have 20 to 40 staff on the payroll and they have an office, they have insurances, they've got electricity bills, they've got vehicles, mobile phones, all those things, that is the value of overheads usually based on a proportion of their revenue. So uh, that figure is so important for you to know. If you don't know that figure for your own business, that's something that I really recommend you work through with your accountant. Try and work back based on your costs from your accounting software, um, what you need to be having in terms of margin on variation. So you need a raw profit value, so a gross profit percentage, and then you need to know what you need to add to that for your overheads. So this is a pretty short podcast, but I really just wanted to drill down and say Don't just sign your contract knowing that you're entitled to get variations. You need to know whether or not you can actually get margin on your variations. If you can confirm that you can get margin on your variations, you need to know what percentage margin you get and whether that percentage includes overheads and attendance or whether it just includes profit in a a strict sense. The last thing, never, never, never sign the contract until you have done the exercise of working out. If they remove this building, or if they remove this floor, or if they remove this portion of work, would my contract still be profitable as a standalone item of work for that that item to be done? And go through the contract and work out for yourself what you would have to give back as a negative variation and what profit you would have to give back with the negative variation. Guys, sometimes contracts say you don't have to give back any margin. The master builder subcontract says the subbie gets to keep the margin. That's just one contract in a quagmire of contracts in the industry, most of which say you have to give the builder back the margin too. So bear that in mind when you are signing your contracts and make sure you know what you're doing before you sign up. If you need some help with this, reach out. That's what I'm here for. If you have any questions about what I've talked about on this podcast, feel free to drop me a good old-fashioned email at questions at tricksofyourtrade.com.au. If you would like a systematic approach to your contract administration and getting paid, head on over to our website and check out the Subbies Toolbox. You won't be disappointed there. And just one last time, our web address is www.tricksofyourtrade.com.au. Are you an Aussie tradie and your paperwork is shady? Do the dockers' phone side, keep you up late at night? Are you sick of pushing paper? Swinging your tools the more you gape up. Call us the tricks of your trade! Welcome to the Tricks of Your Trade podcast, where we talk about trade business topics to help you get through business life unscathed. Does the bill to pay you late and your cash flow fluctuates? Do you dread the office work? Can't afford a full-time clerk? Consider working smarter. Don't be a business smarter. Call us the tricks of your trade!